Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the Prize Picks app today. Hey, my name's Ian Begley. You're watching the NBA Exchange with Dexter Henry. What's good? Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the NBA Exchange. I am your host, Dexter Henry. An exciting weekend of NBA playoff basketball. Second round has been pretty good, and it will continue tonight with two more games. One of those games that I'm really excited about, Memphis Grizzlies game four against the Golden State Warriors. And we are going to talk about some Memphis Grizzlies basketball today. Joining me to talk about that, somebody who came highly recommended. So glad to have him here. It is Justin Lewis. He covers the Grizzlies for basketballnews.com. Justin, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, glad to have you on. Look, we're going to get right into it with the Grizzlies. A lot to talk about with them. Biggest news around them is Ja Morant. He is likely out for game four, listed as doubtful. Taylor Jenkins said it's likely that he will not play. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start off with this for you. How big is this injury and how much of a blow is this to the Grizzlies right now? Yeah, it's it's obviously massive. Uh, he's a superstar. Uh, he's going to be all NBA. He's averaging almost 40 points per game uh, around 10 assists and seven or eight rebounds. He had three steals last game. He's been, I mean, he he's what drives this Grizzlies machine. So it's, it's going to be huge because the Warriors really haven't had an answer for him. Um, and now with him out of the equation, I think it's the Grizzlies become a little bit easier to game plan. And the fact that it's on the road, um, you know, usually the role players play better at home. So you would, if you're the Grizzlies, you'd probably prefer the, uh, the absence of Jada happen at a home game, so you you know get some more out of your role players. But it, these guys are going to have to step up, or it's going to be a uh, a long night for the Grizz. It could be a long night for the Grizz again. They're down two one going into this game four. Now, one thing you know, Justin, you saw a lot about this. The Grizz record without Jada during the regular season was really good, and there's a lot of talk about how good they played, so they can withstand that if they don't have that. Does that apply here, or is regular season a different ball game from who they're facing right now in the second round of the playoffs? Uh, I, I think obviously you have a chance to win it um, with with no jaw on the floor. They're going to run the system. They're going to create uh, quality uh, shots for everybody on the floor. Um, you know, Golden State's only got a day to game plan for for no jaw. He's not currently listed out. It's um, it's doubtful. Right. And if Jaw's going to be able to go, he's going to he's going to try to go. But this just could be some, um, uh, you know, some foolery on the um, on the injury report to kind of keep. Golden State on the edge of you know what what they're going to do. Uh, Memphis is going to have have to have a lot of things go right. They're going to have to win the rebounding battle. They're going to have to uh, get turnovers and get out in transition. Um, they they can do it. I'm just not. Uh, I'm not going to get my hopes up. 
<laughs> not good enough the hopes up there. Now, there's a lot of talk about what went down with the injury that involved Jordan Poole. Looks suspect to me, Justin. I don't know what was going on there. Would you say it was dirty? Because the NBA didn't look into it. They said they weren't going to look into it any further. But something just didn't look right to me there on the injury. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, it it was weird. Um, it, I don't know how you can explain it. It, it wasn't a basketball play. Um, you know, I, I'm a coach and I and I played growing up, and uh, I don't I don't think I've ever reached at somebody's knee and pushed their hip the other way when there was a loose ball. Um, but that's that's what happened. Um, at least with with Draymond, like you know, when he hit Clark in the face, he was at, at least you know swiping at the ball, and when Brooks hit uh, Gary Payton, he was at least swiping at the ball. With with this one. Uh, he wasn't swiping at the ball. He got a handful of knee and, and yanked it. Now, I don't know if there was enough there for that to be where the injury happened. There's talk that they went knee to knee, and then the earlier possession when Ja closed out on a three-point shot, um, it could have been when he collided there on the pump fake. Uh, we don't really know uh, when it was, but um, if I'll say this. I don't think there are dirty players in this series. I just think there's been some reckless plays that have taken place and been some unfortunate results. Yeah, it's been tough with the now injury to Morant. You mentioned Gary Payton, uh, the second there and all that that went on that. So I agree, it all has been unfortunate. Now, game three, it seemed like, you know, the Grizzlies got off to a good start. That wasn't seemed like it actually happened. It got off to this great start. And then it all fell apart by like the end of the first quarter onwards. What happened to the Grizz in game three, Justin? What went wrong for them there? I mean, you're not beating anybody that's shooting 70% from the floor that is true. throughout the game. Um, no, it, all series, it's been the same thing. The Warriors are daring the Grizzlies to shoot threes, and they just happened to knock down six of them to start the game and get out to a quick lead, which was which was wild. I'm sitting here watching the game with my wife. I'm like, look, look again. <laughs> look at this. This is crazy. Um, and then they, they cooled off. Um, but then Memphis is also funneling um, Golden State into the paint. Because in the paint lives Jaron Jackson Jr., who led the NBA in blocks per game and total blocks. So they're they're going to take away the three-point shot from the Warriors and say, hey, you're going to beat us on the interior if you're going to beat us. And the way that the Warriors cut off ball and they pass, the Grizzlies just can't rotate in time to stop those cuts. And they're just they're excelling at what Memphis is giving them. And then Memphis is not making the Warriors pay for the open threes. That's a great point there, too, because some of the danger we saw in game three, even late in game one as well, too, a lot of great backdoor cuts from the Warriors. You see that there and, you know, how great of a passer Draymond is and he's hitting those guys. Do you think there's anything the Grizzlies can do to combat that? Uh, is, is it scheme or is it just more of talent in the future and getting better defensive players to be able to, to counter that? Um, I, I think scheme i think you've got fine defensive players when you've got de'anthony melton on the floor dylan brooks desmond bain has improved as a defender zaire williams length has bothered steph curry um it was just really bad at keeping guys in front of you on the perimeter last night like i, I know the goal was to funnel them to the paint but like to just let them beat you easily off the dribble it seemed to have happened all night long and with brandon clark and xavier tillman used to be switchable and everything which is why Stephen adams isn't playing uh, but I just think that you, you either have to rotate quicker or you have to do a better job at the point of attack. We'll see what they can do there. Now you mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr., who I've talked about a lot in the show and was really impressed with him and his defensive uh, effort this year. And He should be all-NBA defense. He definitely should be on one of those teams. 
he's struggled a bit, especially in terms of staying on the floor with fouls, as you know, Justin. Desmond Bain, also his shot hasn't really been there probably since the end of the Minnesota Timberwolves series. What are, The struggles of those two guys, there really has been another guy to come along and help Ja in this series. What have you attributed their struggles to, and do you think they can step up now, especially if they have to play without Ja? Yeah, for Bain, it's, it's his back. I mean, in game two, he was as stiff as a board, couldn't move. Uh, he later admitted that he was about 60% healthy in game two. And then he said in game three, he was about 80%. Um, so he's he's got to knock down shots. And what's crazy about Desmond Bain, if you look at his splits, he's actually a better shooter on the road than he is at home. So we need Desmond Bain to be the playmaker that he was when Ja was out this season and to knock down shots. Like You're probably going to need a 30-piece from Bain uh, with Ja out to, to even have a chance. And then Jaron, it's it's frustrating um, because when he can get into a groove and stay on the floor, he's a massive difference maker. I don't I don't believe Bowl State has anybody that can guard Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, except himself. And and the crazy offensive fouls, it's, it's the fouls he makes are not fouls of aggression. They're just they're just dumb fouls, and it forces Taylor Jenkins to to take him out of the game because you got to have him later on. Uh, but you're going to need him on the floor for 36 to 38, if not 40 minutes, uh, as well as Desmond Bain. And both of them got to be giving you uh, scoring because I don't know if you can trust Dylan Brooks jacking 30, 30 shots next game to, to bring you no. home. No, that's not, that's not what the Grizzlies want. You know <laughs> that, Justin. That is not what they want. But Triple J, it's been, it's been maddening for me with him watching him because, like you said, I think his talent level is so high. Uh, offensively, and we know what he can do defensively. He's so great defensively, but he can't stay on the floor. So it's just like, ah, it's it's, it's frustrating. I know Grizzly fans have to be pulling their their hair out uh, with that. Do you? I want one question on him, real quick. Do you think he is able to take that next step in his game uh, with coaching and maybe eliminate some of these silly dumb fouls as you talked about? Do you think that's something that can happen for him? Do you see him as that player that's kind of coachable that can, you know, eventually evolve into not making these dumb fouls anymore? Yeah. So. Between last season and this season, he actually talked about the timing of when he goes to attempt a block shot. And it was instead of just trying to go in there and go crazy and block the shot, he was waiting until the ball would just leave their hand to attempt the shot block so that way he wasn't making contact with a hand or an arm. So that takes an insane amount of focus every second of the game to be able to do that. Hmm. Um, so he's obviously worked on trying to cut that down, but it it's really – I think he can improve on it. I think he also gets a short end of a whistle song. I think he has a reputation, and, and the referees kind of are quick with him. But I think some of it, too, will on the offensive end, as he gets to be an older player and he gets stronger, um, some of those fouls will be cut down. Um, but if, if, if they don't, then, you know, that $100 million – yeah, it didn't look like a good investment, Justin. Not looking yeah. like a good investment if if that happens. But now we're saying anything bad. Just uh just just is it doesn't look like that. So Justin, the big question that we're gonna have surrounding the Grizzlies going into this game for is can they get this done? Can they win this game without John Morant? That's the big question everybody wants to know. So what do you think? Can they win this game without John Morant? Yeah, I'm just glad you're not asking me, will they win this game without John Morant? Um it's it, they can um they absolutely can they showed that in the regular season um and it, it comes down to everything's going to have to go their way they can't lose the rebounding battle again this game they can't um fail to execute uh, when they get the turnovers because they turned over golden said a lot in game three 
Uh, they're going to need that kind of performance again on the defensive end. Um, you can't allow them to shoot 70%. You can't allow Otto Porter Jr. to go off uh, and do his thing. You're going to have to take some stuff away from them and and really execute almost at a perfect level on your end uh, to make up for not having your superstar. Desmond Bain's got to show up. Jaron's got to show up. Good Dylan Brooks has to show up. And and the two guys that were huge in Minnesota and Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark haven't really shown up yet. They're going to have to if Memphis is going to win this game. That's what they're going to need. Now, that's one question, okay? Can they win? without John Morant in game four. But this is the bigger question, and this this has to be the bigger question for Grizzlies fans. Is Memphis done? Are they cooked like some Memphis barbecue if John Morant can't come back in this series at all? Yeah, if if, if Ja can't come back, they're done. Um, and that hurts me to say because, you know, then people are going to be like, oh, you're not a true Memphis fan. But no, it's, it's just the nature of the beast. I, I think Golden State is probably the best team in the West. Um, and that's just because they got healthy at the end of the year, and, and Clay is starting to kind of find himself, and Jordan Poole has been incredible, and now you're getting Kaminga uh, some minutes in the playoffs and building his confidence, and just they're a machine, man, and, and they're tough, and, and when they get going, and, you know, Steph's still coming back from his injury as well. Like, it, without that superstar, which you got to have to win in the playoffs, I, Memphis is, is done if, if, if Jaws out. Now, there's another way I think that Memphis fans can look at this um, sort of in this half-glass-full way, which is you look at this series, you look at what Memphis has accomplished the last two seasons, particularly this season, and you look at this series coming up. Is this series one you can look at and say, hey, this is a great learning experience for the young Grizzlies? They went up against a team that has championship medal. They challenged them in sort of a way, taking their lumps. Do you look at it that way at all? Is this series being a great learning experience for the Grizz? Uh yeah, and I think it goes beyond um, the players on the floor. I think, it, you know, Taylor Jenkins is very young himself. Zach Kleiman, the GM, is very young as well. Um, and I think as a franchise as a whole, it's, it's a great learning series. And I think one of the things you're learning is if you don't have shooting, um, it's going to be really hard to make it to the playoffs because while you're the best team in the NBA and getting out and running it with your pace and uh, doing what you do there, Stephen Adams, your starting center, can't play. In, in two playoff series. Um, and then you've got one guy in Desmond Bain that you can rely on to shoot. And when the when teams slow it down, which is why Dallas beat the crap out of Memphis all year, because they slowed it down. And when you have to play half-court basketball, you got to be able to shoot it to spread the floor. Um, and so, you know, for Zach Kleiman, he's going to learn, this is, you know, our roster is deep, but this is what we need uh, to take that next step going forward. And for Jenkins, it's it's learning rotations and adjustments and those kind of things. But for the players themselves, um, obviously, the going up against somebody like Golden State um, and and taking one on the chin like they did, it's it's going to be something that they can carry with them because this is such a young team. Uh, the next few years, they'll be able to look back and be like, when we went through this, this is why we're able to go through this. Yeah, and so with that, even part of going through that adversity, right, is also going through this situation now where they could be without John Morant, whether it's game four or beyond. So do you think this team can sort of use that as a rallying cry, particularly going into game four, to get this, uh, you know, road win? And, like, you talked about the role players playing good and the keys to them getting the the game four road win. Do you also think there's anything in terms of mindset, uh, in terms of that key for them to getting a road win in game four? Yeah, I think 
because of what you went through in the regular season, you know, 20 plus games without jaw, like your mindset's not like, Oh crap, you know, we're screwed. We don't have John ja Morant. Like, no, your mindset's we've been here. We've done this. We've proven we can do this. We've got everybody else. We've got the pieces. And just think about all the growing pains you went through with Zaire Williams through this, through the regular season and developing him by starting him for about 30 games. Now he's, he's knocking down huge shots and he's guarding, uh, one of the best players ever play the game and Steph Curry as a as a 20 year old rookie. Um, I, I don't think Memphis is going to go in there uh, with the mindset that they're defeated or they have no chance without Ja. Um, I think they're going to go in there and and have this this fight in them uh, that they've shown all season. How do you evaluate Memphis at this point in the season? Right, we're at this this critical point in the series is two one. It could go anyway. You, we all don't know how it's going to go. But let's even say you don't think the Grizzlies can win this if Jaws not here. And I'm inclined to agree with you on that. So if they don't win this series, bounce in the second round, how do you evaluate what this team has done, not just really this season, but the, the past year jump into this season and the success of that? How do you evaluate what this organization has accomplished? Yeah, so on, on my podcast at the beginning of the year, we did kind of over-unders for everybody in the league. And you know, I was hesitant to put Memphis over their win total, which is right at 500. Uh, so the fact they go and finish with the second best record in the NBA, tie for the best record in franchise history, they've made it one round further uh, than they did last season. Uh, and they, they even took a game in the second round. Um, it, even if it this ends 4-1, this has been a such a growing season for a young team that if you look at it, uh, as a Memphis fan, it's anything other than a success, um, then you're you're the definition of a fanatic for sure. Because uh, just if you zoom out and look at how ahead of schedule this team is, your your oldest player is 28 years old in Kyle Anderson and Stephen Adams um, to get this far and to prove everybody wrong. It's it's been a great season, regardless of how this series ends. No, that that's perfect. That's the last thing I will ask you here, Justin is. With this being a great season, I completely agree with you. No matter what happens to the Grizzlies, it's been a great season. What do you think are the keys to a bright future, particularly if they lose in this second round, right? It's going to be a lot of talk about what can they do next? How do they get to that next level, championship level, get into the conference finals? What do you think are the keys to this organization, this team having a bright future here? I think the first key is Jaron Jackson Jr., um, he's got to figure it out because for Memphis to be successful, he needs to be the full-time starting center. And he needs to be able to play 32-plus minutes a game as the full-time starting center. Um, and beyond that, you've got, you know, you've got your, your big three, if that's what you want to call it, uh, and John ja Morant and Jaron and Desmond Bain, and they're young. Um, you're about to lock up Ja to a max contract. Uh, you're going to uh, probably pay Bain close to it. Um, and then you've got, you know, these cheap contracts and Zaire Williams uh, and Brandon Clark's due for an extension as well. Um, Tyus Jones, is he going to be able to get his money? Um, it's just it, it comes down to the build of the roster. You've got great starting pieces. Uh, you hope Zaire develops to be in that uh, that small forward that this team needs. Uh, and, and this franchise has really sought forever. They, they've never had that small forward, you know, in the grit and grind era with uh, Mike Conley and Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Marcus Gasol, that's the one, two, four, and five. Who was, who was the three? And they never found one that could just kind of bring them over the top. And so with the youth of this team, you've got the time to 
uh, to figure it out. Uh, Kleiman has done a great job of, of accumulating the assets that at this summer he wanted to make some swing. Um, you know, it kind of hurt that the Lakers didn't make the playoffs because now we don't, we're probably not going to get their pick. Um, we would have had three first round picks in this draft. Now you've got two first round picks. You got very tradable contracts in Dylan Brooks if you want to move on from him, which I recommend that they do. Um, and then Steven Adams is a big contract. You can put those together and get close to 30 million with a bunch of first round picks and maybe bring back um, a Zach Levine in a sign and trade or. Uh, something like that. If, if there's something like that out there, you know, I don't, I don't know if there is, but they have the option. They can be, continue to be patient or they can see, Hey, we have an early window that could be extended for a long time. Let's find this guy that can go with John Jaron in this role. Do you, th- I want to, I want to put one more thing to you with that, because I'm glad you brought up whether they can go the route of not big name hunting, but maybe add another guy who's got a bigger name. What do you think is the correct move for the Grizzlies going forward? Stay the course with this, young group and let them continue to develop or maybe go out and add a piece, you know, where you might have to give up somebody like, a, you know, Brooks or Bain or somebody like that and get, get somebody else. What do you think is the right course of action for this team going forward? Uh, not including Bain in anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured you might not want to include Bain, in Bain right. there, but you know, they're going to ask Justin, you know, they're going to oh, ask. No doubt. <laughs> no, every, every team would not be doing their due diligence. If they didn't ask right. Justin Bain. Um, I, I think, the right thing to do as much as as a fan, you want your team to, to be, you know, competing for a title right now. The the right thing to do is as best you can let this young core continue to develop. Now you're going to run into Tyus Jones as a free agent. Brandon Clark's going to be due his rookie extension as well as John Morant. So, um, you know, I I see a scenario where keeping Tyus matters um, and that they can, if he's, if he's somebody that would rather stay here and win for a little less money rather than going to somewhere like, Orlando to be the starting point guard and for more money and losing um, it, it kind of comes down to that for him. Um, from what I've been told, Robert Perra is fine with uh, going into the luxury tax when the time comes. Um, so, he, you know, the bird rights and all these, on these young guys will come into play as well. Um, I do think it's time to move on from Dylan Brooks uh, and not bring back Kyle Anderson after this year, after his contract expires. Um, Dylan just kind of takes away from things on the offense where you'd rather uh, continue to develop Zaire Williams uh, that way and, and let this team grow so that two to three years down the road when when Jaws and, and Jaron are really just beginning to enter their prime, which is crazy. John Moran is not in his prime. Um, and to see, just to think about what kind of player he can be if he can stay healthy is, is nuts. But um, just be patient, stay the course, and just develop these young guys and continue to draft well. They've, they've proven that this front office drafts really well. Um, if they continue to do that, Memphis is going to be around for well over a decade. See, I agree with that. It's patience. We need, we need some of that here in New York. Nick fans need to hear that. See, patience. You stick through it. Things. I don't know. They've happen. been patient for a while, haven't they? Man, man, Justin, patience or <laughs> might have been some incompetence. We, can, we might be another ENCE at, at the end. We've been waiting for a while. I, we, we'll say that my producer, Greg, will tell you that. We've been waiting for a while. That I hope you'll find Jalen Brunson. You hope that we sign Jalen Brunson? Yeah, that'd be dope. I think he'd be a good fit there. I think he would be. He's going to get the bag. You know oh, that. No doubt. It's going to be interesting. But we've been. You, you know how you got. You know how you guys, the Grizzly fans, they've been looking for a three forever. The Knicks have been looking for a point guard forever. That, that's what they've been looking for. So yeah. maybe, maybe he's the answer. We'll we'll see. But everybody. That is Justin Lewis. He does a great job. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. He does a fantastic job with basketballnews.com. Justin, I got to have you back on to definitely talk about the Grizzlies. 
again. This is fine. We'll definitely talk again in the offseason, but continue the great work you do. Uh, everybody should check him out and follow his work. Uh, Justin, thank you for joining me on the stage. I really appreciate it, man. Hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. Again, that is Justin Lewis of basketballnews.com. That is it for this edition of the NBA Exchange. Thanks again to Justin Lewis for joining me there. We'll be back on Wednesday with my man Gerard Hector. Remember, he's rooting for the Grizz, so we want to know how he feels after game four. We'll talk about that on Wednesday return. That is it. Everybody, peace, be safe, enjoy the basketball. We'll see if the Grizzlies are able to even it up or they will go down 3-1 on Monday night. That's it. I'm Dex Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.